0: This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3 and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to The CoinDesk Podcast Network.
1: It's The Hash and we're all just wearing hats here today. (laughs) We look like we're going on a school field trip to Web3 land. (laughs) <laughs> You're watching Coindesk TV. I'm Jensen Assey. We got Will Foxley in the middle, and Zach Seward all the way over on the other side. Zach, you got our first story. What do you got?
0: Let's talk about Tron, guys. Let's talk about Justin's son. Tron is out here trying to fight physics. I'm just imagining Justin's son sort of on a boat in rocky seas, doing what he can to make sure that everything keeps chugging ahead. Now, this is about. USDD, which is an algorithmic stablecoin inspired by UST. And we all know what happened to UST. UST depegged, ultimately entered a death spiral. And that was that. Tons of value was wiped out of the market last month. Now, USDD is a similar mechanic. Instead of burning Luna to keep UST at its $1 peg, USDD burns Tron to do the same thing. And it's been slipping off its peg. So here we have Justin Sun. Just marshalling vast resources, getting some funds out in the market, pulling some funds off of exchanges, all in a bid to keep USDD afloat and the dream of algorithmic stablecoins alive. It is wild to see this happening. Justin Sun, I think, thrives in the chaos and is even having a bit of fun on Twitter with it, copying wholesale tweets from Do Kwon from last month's uh, sad, sad episode with the UST collapse. I'm going to throw this straight to Will for his thoughts on what is going on
2: with Tron and Justin Sun right now. This is a fantastic sideshow with all the Celsius stuff going on. The Three Arrows Capital, like I love that Justin Sun always comes in with like a little uh, little thing to watch while the the other fireworks is going off. We can go to this like sideshow and watch the the burn burning building happening here. Uh, With USDD, it's interesting that it's like yes, like a a copy and paste, right? And happened right before the explosion with the Terra Luna debacle in May. They started building this as a classic Justin Sun move, right? He copy and pasted Ethereum. He copied and pasted Uniswap, and now he's copied and pasted Terra Luna, except that was probably the wrong thing to copy and paste. And now they're really, really in a deep hole. But to your point, Zach, he's having a lot of fun with it at the very least. Like they're committed a lot of money to it, $2 billion to stabilize the peg, and they're keeping up with it so far. I'm wondering what's going to happen, right? It seems like there's a lot of USDC behind USDD also. So it's an asset backed stablecoin is now backing this algorithmic stablecoin. And I'm wondering if investors look at that and say like, oh, okay, there's probably like a pairing one-to-one. There might not be as much slippage there, but we don't know yet, right? We have to wait and see. A lot of people didn't think the Terra Luna debacle could happen, but that exploded quite quickly. Jen, I'll throw it over to you.
1: Yeah, I have a question for you, Will. The question is like, how sustainable is this? Like, Can we just expect <laughs> the same fate as UST in the long run? And I want to, before you answer that, read this quote. So Justin's son was on First Mover about a month ago, and he had just released this. And he said, if I was Doquan, I would have taken care of the situation in a much more careful way. He then said he's thankful for the learning experience of UST's dramatic end. I feel like it's kind of gold reading that a month later, because it just feels like the same thing is happening. So I don't know. Tell me, how sustainable is this?
2: Ooh, how sustainable? I think we're finding out right now, right? So they're they're deploying yeah. a ton of money. $2 billion is quite a bit of capital. Of course, that's what the LFG did back in May as well, right? They committed a ton of money to stabilize the peg and it didn't work out, right? Went down 99% and then they had to hard fork the token and now the project is basically completely gone. So uh, short answer is I don't think this is very stable at all and I don't see it stabilizing, especially with all the other macro headwinds we're hitting right now. Zach?
0: Yeah, Justin Sun remains just a mega crypto whale. He's uh, reportedly worth some billions, many billions. And he's, again, marshalling quite a few resources to make this USDD thing work. I mean, I think all former examples of this would indicate that it is not sustainable and that should these broader headwinds continue, the boat of USDD is going to sink. But Justin Sun is doing everything he can to make sure that that's not going to happen. And we'll just have to wait and see to see if it does. Uh, past examples from UST to basis cash, all sorts of algorithmic stablecoins have yet to master this dance. But here we are in, the, in this market, seeing Justin Sun and Dow trying to make it work. It's really interesting to watch. And it's just going to be uh, interesting to see if it's another devastating blow up or if somehow they can pull it out here. But we'll see. Jen.
1: I guarantee Gary Gensler is watching this so closely waiting for something to happen.
0: I think it's going to inform you know, the stablecoin regulatory conversation, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully that degree of nuance as it relates to asset-backed versus algorithmic stablecoins ends up in whatever regulation comes forth, right? I think that uh, regulators and central bankers are more and more and more aware of stablecoins, especially as they reckon with their own CBDC plans. So that degree of nuance and distinction between the various types of stablecoins in the market Better be there. One would hope at least, but you never know. Will, saw your hand
2: up. The one thing I'm interested in finding out is how much this is going to destroy Justin Sun's reputation already. I feel like he's just known as like the rogue copy pasta guy who just like takes whatever he wants and somehow survives. Like I shouldn't go too far on the show, but I have some strong opinions about the guy. Somehow he always manages to stay (laughs) afloat through market cycles with huge bags. So like, Does this, is this like the death knell for him or does he continue through this? And like he made it through all the last cycles. He's made it through so many different episodes and yet he continues to be winning, stay winning. Also, he has like that Bermuda or like the Bahamas, like like Green Pass or whatever he's got. So there's that, right? Is he safe? If something bad happens, gren- unlike
1: Doquan? Granada? Grenada?
2: Grenada? There, we Grenada. It, it was, Grenada. there we go. It's Grenada. It's Grenada. There
1: we go. It's Grenada.
0: I'm betting on the showman here. I'm betting on Justin Sun to stay winning. This man loves the stay drama. Winning. He is not bowing down. He's doing the Steady Lads tweet from Doquan. He's literally copying and pasting the Doquan tweet. He knows. <laughs> he knows the joke. He's in on it. He's so good. I'm betting on Justin Sun here. We're
1: When do we get the Justin Sun movie? Or like Netflix series. After the happen. Celsius
0: movie. After the Celsius movie, we've seen some <laughs> tweets about, about a Celsius movie. That'd be a good one. All right. Let's change gears. What are we going to? I think we're going to Will. What's up?
2: Same world, stable coins. Stay in the stable coin world with us. But let's move over to a little bit of a more serious project that actually matters. And that is Tether, which is the largest stable coin by market cap. And basically the vehicle for moving in and out of crypto trades. There's a lot of Tether dumping on the market right now. $1.6 billion has been withdrawn from the Tether ecosystem. That means people are exchanging their Tether coins, actual US dollars in a bank account. If you're seeing this drawdown, you might be like, oh, that's bad. We don't want any graphs that go from left to right and go downward. Well, it's actually okay in this situation because it seems that it just follows volumes on exchanges, right? So there's a lot less people trading. Prices for coins are down. People are exiting the ecosystem. So people are going to swap out of Tether for normal dollars. Of course, there's a the flip side argument here that probably very small minority, but it is out there that uh, Tether is winding down some operations, or at least like it's unsafe, unsolvent. There's always those things that are always speculated out there. Uh, They're always as a footnote. But I think the most important thing here when you're looking at a stable coin chart is notice this is going to follow volumes, and this is going to follow sentiment and interest in crypto. Zach, I'm going to throw this over to you. There is extreme fear in the marketplace right now. And this makes a ton of
0: sense that some people are saying, hey, I better be prudent here. Better turn these digital dollars into actual dollars. And the fact that Tether is able to process these redemptions is likely a good sign. I think uh, we saw in the wake of the UST collapse that USDC was sort of seen as a safer alternative. That's what a lot of sort of market commentators were noting at the time. And we did see some actual flows from USDT to USDC to mitigate some of those perceived risks. So the fact that this uh, is... Holding up in this environment of extreme fear is probably a good thing, to be honest. And of course, I think we're going to see these redemptions follow on as more sophisticated traders look to get cold, hard cash into their hands facing these global macroeconomic headwinds. So interesting to see these charts, interesting to see this happen. We're going to see if USDT and also USDC can stay resilient uh, during this crazy, crazy time. But I'll throw it to Jen for hers.
1: Yeah, so there's a senior market analyst quoted in this article, and they said confidence in cryptos remains depressed, and some traders are worried that Tether could suffer a similar fate as Terra's UST stablecoin. And so I guess my question, I just have so many questions when it comes to stablecoins and mining, and then they always are directed at you, Will. Why are we comparing an algorithmic stablecoin to... Okay, Zach, why are we comparing this algorithmic stablecoin to an asset-backed stablecoin? Is it just confusion? Like, why is this analyst making this comparison?
0: I would say, assuming positive intent there, I would say that it's about the dynamics of a bank run, right? So if like a massive, massive scale bank run were to occur on USDT, could Tether quickly and responsibly process those redemptions? That's still an open question. And I think that what the comparison there is probably likely to that human dynamic. I'll throw to Will for the technical dynamic because they are very different beasts, technically speaking.
2: Well. yeah they're definitely different i think people bring them up for the reasons zach's bringing up like we have this same basket of goods stable coins and we always like to compare them against each other because they're used for the same purpose but they are very very different when it comes to the technical aspect and you get onto like different levels of the risk spectrum as well right so for asset backed stable coins like uscc usdt others your basically your risk is centralized to a company being solvent or insolvent a lot of people trust Circle, the trust center, the consortium behind it, I think it involves Circle and Coinbase. People have trusted Tether today. There's always been questions about Tether, but for the most part, it seems that their attestations and their other clarity that they brought about their coin has been enough for traders to trust it and make it the largest stable coin. On the other side, like way over on the far right, you got Justin's son and his USDD project, right? You got a guy who's known for popping these these little coin casinos up, leaving the market when he wants to. And now he's doing the same thing with this algo backed stable coin that's based on like a lot of weird, funny money, financial primitives that we have not seen work to date. So that's kind of the spectrum. But it is fair to compare them in a general sense, in a very broad stroke sense, because they are both doing the same thing. It is unfair on a technical level. And I think this piece kind of captured exactly what you want. You want to put them together and be like, hey, these things are like, they're both pies, but they're different types of pies. One's a mud pie, one's a cherry pie. We can both have our pies. Zach, give it to you.
0: The skepticism is fair though, right? The market here hasn't been especially wise. There was a point at which UST was the third largest stablecoin in the market, asset backed or otherwise. So the fact that the market was voting with its feet behind this thing that failed miserably suggests that, hey, maybe caution is to be expected when we see this flood of redemptions from asset backed stablecoins. It's going to be interesting to see how USDD enters this conversation. Again, I'm still betting on Justin. Still betting on Justin son to ride this one out <laughs> in true showman fashion, but we will see. It should be entertaining either way. All right, let's change gears. I'm going to I'm gonna throw it to Jen I'm gonna, for final story.
1: <laughs> I'm going to head, Will, to your Twitter later to, to find out what your real thoughts are on this story. So hopefully others can join me there, but it looks like by that face, you're not going to show them. All right, so we're talking about NFTs. How exciting! We haven't spoken about NFTs in a while, I feel. A Manhattan landlord listed his office building for $29 million worth of ETH with the rights to purchase the property being sold as an NFT. Since the listing, though, the price of ETH has plummeted over 40%. And now the owner, Chris Akata, says the price will be adjusted and relisted at $29.5 million in either ETH or USDC. So this building was originally listed at 29 million, it dropped to 16 million. But I want to talk about the idea of having a property sold via an NFT. It sounds very complicated. I understand the vision, but it just sounds like extra hassle now. So Zach, I'm going to pass it off to you because I think I know Will's take on this already. What did you make of the story when you read it this wow. morning?
0: I mean, this is a buying <laughs> opportunity, folks. It is still up there for 15,000 E. I I just checked <laughs> now and I am like very worried for this guy. Like, I'm like, oh no, someone is going to swoop in and get this thing on sale. But I don't know that that would necessarily mean anything because you're right. Jen, there's like all these additional legal layers that are involved in this thing. It's not like, oh, you get the token and then like, oh, here's the keys, move in. There's like, it's wrapped in the thing and the, 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 and the deed and blah, blah, blah. And so the intersection of sort of like Web3 property transfers and the real world, that is a big old gray area, right? We've seen like Proppy, which is a startup that does some of this, do it on the residential side. And they've had success in sort of, I think, like doing it through like an LLC wrapper and making it all work. But there's definitely a lot of steps and back and forth here. It's not just like flipping a JPEG and it becomes yours and you can do with it what you please. There's sort of the real life, real estate apparatus that you still have to interact with after you buy this thing. I hope they relist it soon because, hey man, that that wouldn't be good. Jen, tossing it to you.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to explain how it works. So the owner of the NFT is granted exclusive rights to acquire the building, all its uses, rights, and related deed covenants. Now, once the NFT is purchased, the buyer still has to go through all of the legal steps outside of the blockchain world to make the real estate transaction a real thing. And that includes absolutely everything you would have to do when it comes to buying a building or a house, except for transferring the funds. When I read this, it feels like you have to have way more trust in the seller than you would in a normal NFT transaction. Because going through those legalities is what's going to actually get you the property. I could buy this NFT for $16 million and never get the property. And I can almost guarantee you the regulators are going to say, well, you are SOL. Well, what do you think? It's
2: hard to copy and paste a building. So I actually sort of like this NFT use case. It makes a little bit more sense. The thing that you have to focus on, though, is like, does the meat space and the legal system agree with the NFT world and the Ethereum blockchain or whatever blockchain you're building on top of? So far, that has not happened. There has been a few cases where projects have tried to do this, MakerDAO, probably the most notable, where they've taken like real-world assets and tried to use them for assets on chain to back up like loans and things like that. And that works sometimes. But then you have to have some sort of like intermediary between the two. And then that is centralized because you're trusting somebody with these keys in the physical world, even if it's a multi-sig. So you get into like really weird stuff where like the people who care about decentralization a ton have to make decisions about if you can be decentralized or decentralized in that certain point, right? So it does not always work. For this NFT thing here, it's just kind of funny looking at like how NFTs work. Like a certain point, the floor price drops, and that's just what it is, right? So like you hope you can relist it in time. I'll leave it there. Zach, give it to you. I think in some future state, like this is the real utility of NFTs, and there
0: is an efficiency that is introduced to the system. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. I think this is sort of big, like Bitcoin pizza vibes, you know, whether it's Bitcoin pizza or 111 West 24th. I think this just speaks to the volatility of using crypto assets for payment. It's like, okay, like, why would I do this? Oh, the price dropped 40% and all of a sudden it's this building is on sale for $12 million through no fault or desire of my own. That's a, scary proposition for someone who's selling a major asset. This sort of speaks to the stablecoin use case. Hey, we probably want to price on-chain transactions in stablecoins to avoid some of this volatility that you see in these market conditions. So to me, just at the simplest level, that's what this story is about. But I'll toss it to Will for final thoughts.
2: One final thought, just a bone to pick. This is definitely this guy's fault for listing something in ETH, which is extremely volatile. Last cycle went down (laughs) 90% or something like that. So like, No, you make your own decisions. You got to live with it, man. Like, that's just, that's just, just he's just trying to think. He was, he was trying to think. if it went up, I guess, like, that would have been great. But then people probably wouldn't have bought it. It doesn't make sense. Like, at a certain point, like, you need to use the instrument that's right for the listing. And I don't think ETH was the right thing. Unless this guy's like really bullish on ETH and he's okay with it actually being denominated in ETH. Maybe he thinks the merge isn't priced in or something like that. Maybe that's a good deal. But, I don't buy it. You're a stable coin, man. The, the real listing listing is still could up. Be
1: in USDC. Yeah, yeah.
2: Suggest
0: that he is yeah. bullish, but who knows? Mm. We'll see. All right, let's go buy a building, guys. Uh, after the show wraps, right now. All right, the show's wrapped right now. We're gonna go buy a building. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be Hash <laughs> HQ, in New York City. Good times. It's me, Jen, and Will today. There's only the three of us. We're all wearing hats. If you're listening on the podcast, podcast rules, but you can't see our sick hats. So just FYI. All right. We'll talk to you later. We are off Friday. We are off Monday. We are back Tuesday to tell you about what is going on. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks for being here, Hash fans. We'll talk to you later. See you. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com subject line The Hash or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.